What's going on, everybody? We're back with another edition of the Crazy Face Uno podcast. I'm your host, Shane McNeely. And I've got a very special guest today, Margie Ewald. Welcome, Margie. Hi. Well, currently. Oh, there's the fading. <laughs> so say it wasn't working. Hi. Hi. Welcome to the Crazy Face Uno podcast. Thanks for having me. We uh, want to give a sh- quick little blurb of our mission statement at Crazy Face Uno, which is inspiring others to do good and make a difference in our local and global community. Cool. And I'm very happy to have you on the podcast. I am currently road tripping from Minnesota to Florida, the the great move of 2019. <laughs> and you are my first stop in Chicago. Yeah. Good old Chicago, Illinois. Got here late last night. We spent several hours <laughs> late talking. Yeah. Um, and catching up. We are... We went to college together. Mm-hmm. Good old Bethel. Good old Bethel. So, not part of the Bethel Boys series, but it's fitting because... It's like a bonus. It's like a bonus. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and I wanted to... I normally, I was telling you, I normally take some notes and like write things down, like things I, I didn't really like do that, but okay. I did write two things down <laughs> that okay. I asked you about that you already know about, but okay. uh, you are... It's get weird. The linkage, yeah, good. good. <laughs> you are the linkage team leader, so you'll have to unpack that for us in a little bit. Yeah. And the other thing I wrote down was plants, <laughs> because I'm obsessed with your plants in your house. This is awesome. Yeah. You have the cutest little house, and you bought it recently. Right, just in April. In April, and you've, it's like a Better Homes and Gardens. <laughs> Magazine. Yeah. It's awesome. You got a fence in backyard or fence in front yard. Front yard, yeah. In the city, which yeah. I feel like is pretty special. Yeah, so I um, just bought a house in April here in Chicago. I live on the southwest side, kind of near Midway. Mm-hmm. Um, and the house that I bought is set, it actually, we didn't talk about this, it has mm. an extra wide lot. Um, and it's set back all the way on its lot. So, like, the back of my home backs up to the alley, and then I have oh, a giant perfect. front yard. So, yeah, I haven't seen the Space, yeah. yeah it uh I would say like one house maybe on every five blocks or so here in the city is like this so it's mm. not like super weird but it's yeah definitely I'm the only house on the block like this so it's yeah. like that was what you text me like on a, my way like, yeah <laughs> it's the only one with the driveway you Just, can't see the numbers it's yeah. impossible yeah. um but it's really cool like I I feel like I get um kind of like I get a lot more sun inside my house than I think other homes do because they're mm-hmm. next to each other and um, makes it kind of unique. That's awesome. Yeah. I really it's like it. It's just the cutest. I it is. can't even stand it. And I know <laughs> we were talking your favorite part, which this is where, so now that you're listening to this, you've seen the picture, uh, but I'm going to take a picture of you on the stairs because okay. A is your favorite part it's and my B, favorite. you got some really cool plants right there in the yeah. corner and I took a picture of Chance in the same spot and I Aww. think it's going to be great. <laughs> That's nice. <laughs> Chance is also here as always. Good uh, Yep. He just, you know, hangs out on the bed and sleeps on whatever, so. <laughs> um, yeah, I want to... Alright, so, I've kind of... What I've been 
doing with a lot of my guests is just kind of like going back and I think it's maybe especially with the Bethel boys Mm -hmm. like the interest in like why you chose Bethel and kind of starting from there but we can go back as far as you'd like but I kind of like the life story like the life cycle of Margie you know (laughs) from the beginning to now and um, like you have a really cool job that we've talked a lot about but I and I want to make sure we like talk about like how kick-ass you are and your job is and uh so what would you say your motivation to like go to Bethel was and I say this because for those of you who haven't listened to the other podcast with the Bethel boys Bethel is a very like conservative Christian school you don't end up there on accident yeah you don't end up there on accident exactly (laughs) like you like, you go there for a reason. Like, I found out about it because of sports. Um, but I love the school. Like, I, I like, kind of, on my visit, like, I just felt like there was something about it. There was, like, a feeling. I was like, ah, oh, I like this place. Like, I want to go here. Um, but, yeah, what was that for you? Like, what, I'm sure you applied for other places. Yeah, so I, um, when I was thinking about college, I knew I wanted to be, like, a few hours from home. Mm-hmm. Um, I grew up in Woodstock, Illinois, which is, like, yeah. northwest of Chicago. Um, I didn't want to go, like, somewhere crazy far away, but also didn't want, like, I wanted to get away. Um, yeah. So I sort of had, like, a maybe, like, a four driving hours, like, four-hour mm-hmm. radius that I yeah. was looking at. Um, and the reason um, Bethel came up is just because my best friend, Becky, um, yeah was um Becky you should be here on this podcast Becky, right now, by the way. We miss you. And you better be listening. <laughs> <laughs> um she um had really specific like needs and wants for her finding her college. So mm-hmm. she um she does sign language interpreting. Yeah. Um I think there maybe are like I don't know if there are other small Christian colleges yeah. that do it, but very, very few. Yeah. Um and then she And um, Bethel's like it has a great program, Excellent. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Really um, she also was going to play softball initially when she mm. um, was looking for school. So um, I applied to Bethel because she did. Um, yeah. And then I applied for a couple more schools as well, like kind okay. of similar ones, like small Christian schools, yeah. and um, ultimately ended up. Um, like Wheaton. No, Wheaton's too close to my fam, so oh. <laughs> that was ruled out. You ruled out. Um, yeah. yeah, like I remember Worst Grace College. Okay, Grace. Um, other Indiana ones, like I actually, I think those were the only two Indiana I actually ended up applying for. Like okay. I, I looked into a bunch, obviously, but yeah, um, for applications, those are the ones I did. Yeah, um, and then yeah, so honestly, Becky's the reason I ended up yeah. like that. Which is funny because even talking with Derek um, on the podcast with Derek, he kind of mentioned, you know, Tony was one of his good friends, and they were in a yeah. band together, and that was the only school that he applied for and just kind of went to. Um, it's funny to look back and like, I, you know, I'm 31 now. Surprise, everybody. Old, you're old. I know, I'm getting old. <laughs> but like, it's funny to look back and my friends now that have all gone to just such different colleges, you know, um, like I have people that have gone to big state schools to, you know, private, like private, really conservative, well, <laughs> yeah, conservative <laughs> schools and, uh, yeah, just like scholarly schools and mm-hmm. it's just really interesting to see everybody else's perspective on like college yeah. compared to ours. Yeah. Like I don't, 
I don't know. It just feel like our experience at Bethel because of all the rules and yeah. this is something we haven't really talked about or I haven't talked about on the podcast with like Bethel is Bethel is like I said it's a conservative Christian school. We had curfew. So weekdays it was 12:30. Hmm. Something like that. I think it was 12, 12:30, one of those two. I was an RA, I should know. <laughs> oh my gosh. I forgot you were an RA. Yeah. Um, yeah, twelve thirty and then two on the weekends. Right? And then two on the weekends. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And then it wasn't open dorm, so guys right. couldn't go into the girls' dorms. Girls couldn't go into the guys' dorms except for Friday, Saturday, Sunday. But it was Friday was the girls, Saturday was the boys, and then Sunday was both. Yeah. Um, we were we signed a covenant. When we went to Bethel that you weren't allowed like to. Like heavier than a contract. A yeah. Covenant. Like... <laughs> I know. It's like you you wrestle it's with an your own moral. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Little moral dilemmas. Uh, yeah, so like that we wouldn't do a whole bunch of different things, but like mm. you weren't allowed to drink on or off campus, whether you were 21 or not, it didn't mm. really matter. Um, yeah, it's just interesting when you look at some of those different rules and like some of those different things and um, like going to Bethel. Like, I didn't think anything of it at the time, but now mm-hmm. I look back and I'm like, hmm. It's kind of crazy. Like, yeah, yeah, I kind of like missed out on some like. Yeah things that other people did that like I just didn't have that experience you right know? or I had it later on in life I guess right. in some ways like yeah but yeah and then you came in as a psychology major yeah well no actually I started as an art therapy major okay um I didn't know Bethel even had an art I therapy know, I know program I don't That's know really anyone cool. else who did it or anyone yeah. who graduated with it so I don't know that it's like a flourishing program yeah. um but uh, I don't quite remember why I, I dropped the art part, but essentially it was just like a double major between art mm-hmm. and psych. Um, and I ended up getting degrees in, in psychology and humanities. Nice. Um, yeah. I, you, have you been back to Bethel at all? No. Oh my um, gosh. No, that's not true. I... Becky and I went last summer because we were, or maybe two summers ago, because I was buying a banjo from somebody <laughs> off of Craigslist. <laughs> so we're like, yeah. It's a really odd thing. Do you have it? you have the banjo? No, it was a gift for oh. my ex. But um, we were like, well, whatever. We're like, we're in Mishawaka. Like, obviously, yeah. we have to go to campus. And it was... It's a very odd feeling. It's one of those, like... Did you one go in the those... library? This is where I was getting it. No. Okay. But it was one of those yeah. phenomena where, like... Have you ever like visited a childhood home and it like yeah. the, your perspective on it is so different? So different. Like, obviously, I haven't gotten taller or like mm-hmm. nothing about my body yeah. has changed. But, like, but like my whole outlook on life is so different now that it yeah. was very like um, it was odd to be there. Like it, it mm-hmm. was really even just being on campus felt like a weird blast from the past and like memories of being a pretty different person than I am now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I even notice. I mean, this is along the same lines, but when I listen to the podcast after I've done them, I've mentioned this several times, but the way I perceive things in my head was very different than how it comes across sometimes. So, like, there are times when I've had a feeling after a podcast where I'm like, oh my gosh, like, I was all over the place. Like, I didn't, I didn't know what I was saying. Like, you know, like I felt, I felt lost in my head, mm-hmm. but it doesn't come across that way. And then there's been times it's the opposite where I felt like I was very clear and I was like, what was I saying? <laughs> like, like that wasn't clear at all. Um, but the perspectives are really interesting. 
Sam and I, so we went and like kind of went through <laughs> that weekend a couple weekends ago when we were there. And dude, oh, you guys walked our campus. Yeah, yeah. Dude, the library hasn't changed a bit. Like all the chairs are in the same exact spot. <laughs> downstairs you know okay. the two like little uh the side like facing table things with the little plug-in deals yes. in yeah, the basement yeah. facing the yeah. pond yeah by the windows that yeah. you would always sit in like one like we would always like sit I just and camped like, out for years yeah <laughs> my life we both did like the exact same desk it was like you knew where to find red eye coffee yes <laughs> and i would sit at the one right in front of it like closer to the door yeah. you know in that like little alley or like the little pathway yeah it's all the same it hasn't changed at all Weird. they've no, added I some was, things on but i'll be honest with you i was i was definitely too scared to go inside buildings <laughs> yeah i don't believe you I well and it was summertime was i don't so there weren't very many people around i don't even know i think it was like a weekend day like i don't even know if buildings mm. would have been unlocked like we just kind of yeah. walked through didn't really yeah try anything yeah but it was crazy we walked through like sam went into the nursing building uh-huh. and like looked at, through that stuff and I don't know. It was it was uh, very just odd. It just felt like ev- nothing had changed, but everything had changed right. at the same time. I imagine a lot of people feel that way heading back to college. Yeah, like somewhere I'm sure. you had such like like you were there all the time mm-hmm. for four entire years, like that. Yeah, you know, like and especially at Bethel, I feel like mm-hmm. we were sort Close of encouraged people. to not leave campus in a sense. Like, yeah, I think like with curfews and stuff like that. Like, I spent a lot of time at school and like. Yeah, it was I, a side. It was a side product of the way, the rules and the way they like right, ran things. Right. I don't think it was well, the intention. Like, but we I always talked a, about the Bethel bubble, even. Right. Like, I had an academic scholarship, so I wouldn't, I yeah. wasn't allowed to live off campus. So, mm. like, I feel like in some ways, like, I was, I, like, they made it so that I was there and kind of, like, mm-hmm. stuck there. But anyways, my point was, like, um, it's odd to go back to a place that mm-hmm. you spent so much time. Like, it would be same to go back to, like, your high school or something, right? Yeah. Like, somewhere I had, where you spent so many years with it. such an yeah. like, unique experience. Yeah. Well, and, like, these guys... You know, it's like that, it's those foundational times in your life, too. Mm-hmm. Like, you're really creating some of the, the, like, parts of who you are. Right. Like, you're figuring out, you're deciding, I know we talked and I talked about with Derek being the one that kind of, like, spurred me along with asking the question, like, mm-hmm. why do you believe that? And mm-hmm. that was, like, a monumental, like, time in my life, really. Like, it was huge. Like, looking back, that was the one question that kind of has spiraled into who I am today. Yeah. You know, it's one of those questions. But yeah. um, you, so did you like the program that you went, like psychology and humanities? Yeah, I, um, you know, at this point I sometimes feel, so I've like, I've completely left the church mm-hmm. um, since leaving college. And at yeah. some time, like at some points I feel kind of like, I don't know if like shame or embarrassment is the right word, but like I sometimes have a hard time talking about my experience at Bethel because it was yeah. so intense. Yeah. Um, and so specific. The other part um, that I forgot to mention is we had chapel three days a week. Yeah. Monday, Wednesday, Friday, mandatory. Right. You got what? Three misses? In a semester. Yeah. In a semester. And then you, they had like makeup ones on Wednesday right. nights. What and then that? like, Shil- uh, what was it called? Um, um, Vespers. Vespers. Yeah. yeah. I have no yeah. idea what that means still. <laughs> From the Catholic tradition, right? Okay. Yeah, like, probably. I, I don't know. know. <laughs> I'm obviously a bad Christian. Yeah. Um, 
I, what did you originally ask me? I lost it. Uh, just like your experience with the program, like psychology and was it humanities you said? Or humanities? Yeah. Um, so aside from some of the crazy, like religion stuff, um, my experience at Bethel was really great and I'm really happy mm-hmm. with it. Like yeah. I loved, um, that it was really small school. Um, I knew my professors in my program really, really well. And that was awesome. Like, yeah. I, you know, I know other people who like went to big schools and like just mm-hmm. didn't have that experience and I felt like all of my professors cared about me and yep. cared about the work that I was doing absolutely and, um that's the thing I I really do I'm the same way like I think that it's the it's the Christian side of things like mm-hmm. the the like the it's like those, overly conservative bits yeah. like I don't even like regret that I grew up in church or whatever yeah. like you know but it's it's one hundred percent all like you had access to, you know, professors that were actually like pretty awesome, pretty amazing. Like, yeah, Doctor, did you so Doctor? Do you remember Doctor Carlson? I know the name. Yeah, I okay. would know him. She was saw, like her um, my advisor in school. Okay, um, and then just because of you know it being a relatively small school, like I knew I had certain classes with her because yeah. she taught those ones, and she's like wildly intelligent and i think it's really special that it's like a school yeah. like bethel gets to have her like she um started her career doing like lab research with rats and like it's pretty dope that some yeah. like random ass like small town or not small town but small yeah well, christian school kinda, has someone small. who's like um pretty amazing like her so, yeah like, well even like in the um <laughs> philosophy department with like chad meister mm-hmm. who wrote like he wrote several books yeah. and like I know there was just a lot of there's a lot of like really talented like really smart intelligent people that I think that they were there because they could have they could have gone to big colleges but mm-hmm. they were there for other reasons and it choice, was more yeah. of like investing into the students and having those personal relationships yeah. but it's awesome to be able to I mean Chad was one of those guys that I I know like Hey, send him an email like, "Hey, you want to grab coffee sometime?" Mm-hmm. And you just sit down and like had coffee with me for an hour. Yeah, like, I I miss or I, yeah I I miss like that kind of mentoring environment where I yeah. feel like people were genuinely invested in each yeah. other's lives and like. Um, Did you have Ted Bryant much? Mm, yeah, he was yeah. my mentor. His wife was mine. I don't yeah. know if we ever talked about this. Oh, no, I don't know if yeah. we did. Angie. 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 Yeah, Angie. Yeah. Yeah. For like good old Ted. I think three years. I used to watch their kids all the time. Like yeah. They're, they're really, really They're awesome. Great. Good family. Yeah. Really cool. Um, you went on did you do more than one master's program? No. No? Just one. one Just one? Enough. Yeah. I thought you did more than one. I thought no. you were like I think I told somebody the other day, I was like, Yeah, I think she did like two masters. Yeah, programs. dude, I have like, all the masters. <laughs> I just think you're like really super smart i could always like oh. remember being like you i feel like you were just like very much dedicated to like learning your craft and interesting yeah you don't feel that way i don't necessarily perceive myself that way mm. but i think well that's probably that's true for all of us yeah so uh what was your master's program uh master's in social work social work yeah. from university of illinois at chicago nice yeah did you like that program um, <laughs> I kind of feel like grad school is something you just survive. 
Okay. Um, and certainly grad school or, or a master's program in, in the mental health field. Like, honestly, um, I tell this to my staff um, now, but I feel like grad school is just something you kind of get through and you get your letters and, like, you really get good at what you do by doing mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Um, so... I don't know. School was fine. I feel like my program was no better or worse than others I've heard yeah. of. Um, UIC actually has a, a pretty cool program. Um, I don't know if you've heard of Jane Adams. Um, mm-hmm. She's a stope. Um, I don't know. I don't know what you would call her. Like she was um, kind of like an original social worker. Like sh- she lived in Chicago. She started the whole house, which was like an orphanage. Oh. Um, she started some really cool programs here in the city. And, um, so the UIC's social work college is the Jane Adams college, college of social work. Oh, interesting. Um, and it, um, even though it's a state school, like it's ranked in terms of yeah. MSW programs. Um, honestly, that had nothing to do with my decision to go there. <laughs> I was yeah. like, I got in-state tuition and it yeah. made sense. Um, like, yeah, so, um, yeah, I would say like my experience or my program was good. Grad mm-hmm. school is just hard. Yeah. It's just hard. What, what made it, was it just the workload? Yeah. So I, um, I, people who are really smart will get a bachelor's in social work and then have to do, um, only have to do one year to get their master's. Uh, Um, obviously like Bethel didn't offer social work and I think I would say like my life in general has just kind of unfolded before me. Like I never had like a big plan. So I don't know that I even knew I would want, I never never would have at 18 at least couldn't have told yeah. I wanted to do social work. Um, so I had to do a two year program and, um, like I had to be at school two days a week. I had to intern or work for free for a couple sure. days a week. And then I like had a two part-time job. So, um, it's just, just, yeah. In terms of like how much shit you have to do throughout the week, it's just like a lot, just like yeah. really, really, really busy. Yeah. That sounds terrible. And then my second year, <laughs> my second year I had to work, to intern yeah, for free three days a week. So, like, uh, yeah. Full, it full just, load. So, you're, like, totally. still in school, still doing work. Right. Exhausted. Yeah. But still have to do yeah. all that. And yeah, so I came in. I don't, I'm, I don't know how much you know. We were talking about this, like, like they were learning more about each other. I know. Really. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, I came in as a nursing major. Did you uh, know that? I think I did. Yeah. So, Sam and I were nursing majors. Okay. Um, and then, after my first year, I switched and I, I wanted to go into, I decided that summer, I took that summer to kind of figure out, I realized that I didn't really want to continue the nursing program, as well as I was going to be back a year, I didn't get into the nursing program. Mm. Um, and so I was like, well, I don't want to go back a year. I had already like decided about six months in, like the first semester, I remember talking to on the phone with my mom and I was like, I don't think this is what I want to do. You know, I was like, but I don't know yet. You know, and I got to the end of that semester and it was like, you're gonna have to come back another entire year. And I was like, that seems like it's the world telling me, like the universe right, is like, telling totally. me. Like, if you're already not <laughs> feeling isn't... it and then it just made your life. Yeah. So I was like, okay, well, I'm not going to do that then. And so I just took that summer to kind of figure out what I wanted to do. Um, and I wanted, I was interested in counseling. Hmm. So, but hey, dude, stop licking. Chance. No licks. There we go. See? Uh, hey, unedited, you guys just get all the raw footage here. <laughs> There's the, the little licking sounds in the back. <laughs> in the background. Um, but no, yeah, I went in and I decided that counseling was what I was interested in. And um, 
So because it was Bethel, I could go psychology. Right. Or I could go a Christian ministries route. Okay. And when I was talking to my um, my counselor, he was he was like, it sounds like youth ministries. What you're like would be interested in because I was I wanted to work with kids and like youth mm-hmm. and um and so just like Bethel did it like tack a ministry on the end yeah, of it right yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah perfect go lay down <laughs> he's uh, super needy right now go lay down um but the so the yeah, I and based on the description that he told me like that I was like yeah totally like mm-hmm. that's exactly what I want to do um I want to let's do that and so I signed up for two weeks and he was like let's just put you in take part in like the first two weeks and if you get to the end of those two weeks and you decide that's not what you want like let me know and we'll switch you out and we'll get you over to psychology or whatever and I was like no this is cool I like it and so I stuck with that but does that would you redo that or yeah you could know yeah, I wouldn't get an analyst and studies in youth ministry major. Okay. <laughs> I wouldn't be, I wouldn't, that wouldn't be my bachelor's degree. Sure. Okay. Um, I would actually probably be more interested in doing like a bachelor or um, a business degree. Cool. I think like that would be the thing that I would go back if I was to go back and do. Hmm. Um, can you just get, maybe you can just go get an MBA. Isn't that I, a thing? I can. Yeah. I could. Again. Good. We just planned your life for you. Yeah. I, I can. I could. <laughs> I don't think that that's going to be in my cards, but uh, we'll see. Yeah, um, so similar, I guess, I not same fields, but, you know, I was interested in, like, similar fields. I, I mean, I still would think that counseling would be pretty awesome as well, um, but I just don't have... I really a, hate you, the idea. like, mental health generally, like, mental health providers are wildly overeducated mm-hmm. not overeducated they're very educated and yeah. underpaid so like yeah. it's pretty dumb that like you who has experience working with people would have to go back and get a bachelor's and a I master's know. to be licensed how do you feel about that i mean in just in general with in society i feel like it's we're still very driven towards the college route mm-hmm. um we i feel like this pendulum has swung super far one direction with education and almost like every not every job but there's so many jobs that they don't even consider if you don't have like a degree in something yeah which it has value for sure right I mean I wouldn't I wouldn't be who I am I went to learn things I wouldn't be where I'm at today in life if I hadn't gone through those experiences but I think we've neglected over time. I think we've begun to ne- neglect the fact of like experience. Mm-hmm. It, I think experience trumps like education almost every time. And I wouldn't say that's true. Like I can only speak to what I do, but I would say um, that's very, very true in my yeah. field. Like if I had to pick between, so I, I have. Um, Maybe we can start talking about work. Yeah. But like I have a team of five people that I work with, and three of them don't have a bachelor's but each of them has at least 10 years experience and um as we're having conversations about hiring people i think that's a um a really interesting thing to kind of weigh out is like Mm -hmm. would you rather have someone who's just worked for a long time or someone who has a degree on paper giving them permission to work and my i mean i guess my thought would be like a little bit of both is good but like it's been really really cool and interesting um, over the past year and a half to work with people who just have 
um, maybe don't have so much of a clinical background, but have really mm-hmm. cool, like, just cool skills having worked right. with people for so long. Well, and I think that it's the, what's the word? Um, like apprentice type stuff. I mm-hmm. think we've gone away from that direction, which that's kind of, that was your college education way back in the day, you know? Right. It was like you spent time underneath someone and you learned the trade that right. you were like wanting to go into. And I think there's a lot of value personally in programs that would offer something like that, you know? Uh, the school that I used to work at, one thing I really did appreciate about the school was they had a teaching program. So if you were enrolled into the teaching program, they would hire you hmm. as a teacher and you just had to continue to finish your education. But you had like a variance based on because you're in the education, like cool. you're getting your education yeah. um, in special education or whatever that was. Um, and then you would be basically you're hired and then right. you're like just you're already there right which I think is valuable because a lot of people came in as the paraprofessionals or the education assistants and you had all the experience you know you've you've been around these kids for a long time you know what you're doing so then they these a lot of the people that I work with are going back to get their education license and uh in special education yeah and it's not that they're not qualified it's not that they can't do the job it's just that it requires to have the education license. And yeah. So you have to have... My, your... my field is kind of like that, too. Um, if you don't have a master's in, like, an appropriate... Right. Um, ...area, you essentially, like, are kind of boxed out of yeah. a lot of positions or mm-hmm. opportunities um, because of how kind of licensing works right. in, in my field. And it's almost like, to use an analogy, it'd be like, quality over quantity or quantity over quality sometimes where it's like you could get a quality person that's going to know the ins and outs and be great with people and that could learn the other side of things but they're filtered out because they don't have that side of things so then you've got people that are over educated or Mm -hmm. highly educated Mm -hmm. but maybe don't have the personal Mm -hmm. skills to integrate with people and especially in your field can you give us you are the linkage team leader, yeah. you said. Yeah. What does that mean? What is like, what is your job? Yeah. How do you describe your job? Okay. So I work for an agency called Trilogy. Um, we provide outpatient mental health services to people who live in the community. Mm-hmm. Um, we work with people with, um, there's essentially like two qualifiers for somebody receiving services, and that's to have Medicaid insurance, mm-hmm. um, which means that we primarily work with, or we work with people who are low income. Yeah. Um, and then they have to identify as having a mental illness. Okay. Um, so that could be anything from just like occasional panic attacks or PTSD all the way up to like schizoaffective disorder, um, psychotic disorders, personality disorders. Yeah. Um, so what my team does is, is we're kind of, um, under the hood of the intake department where we get new clients. Mm -hmm. Um, and, um, so to like explain a little bit of the backstory of why we have this team is that, um, staffing at mental health agencies is always, um, a disaster. Um, Yeah. It's just hard to keep good people in positions. Mm-hmm. Um, working. Underpaid. You think it's because of the pay, or is it? Yeah, and and my agency does a really good job of paying us fairly, but mm-hmm. um, because we bill Medicaid, um, and Medicaid in Illinois certainly and probably everywhere is just like a shit show cluster. <laughs> um, so, um, 
I think people don't stay because the pay isn't great. It's really hard. Like it can be yeah. really, really draining. Our clients yeah. are really, really sick and we come up against really hard systems sometimes. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so we have this linkage team because we often, um, for whatever reason, have more people coming in the front door than we have space for okay. on our outreach teams. Um, so as long as a client remains eligible for services, they can stay with our agency as long as they want. Um, yeah. So we um, place them on like a permanent outreach team where they, cool. they can stay as long as they're eligible. Um, but so my team, my five staff and I, um, work with people like after they've completed their intake process before we have a space for them on a permanent outreach team we offer like um, brief and limited case management support um, in between like coming in and seeking services and then kind of getting connected to that long-term care yeah that's awesome yeah so I I meet a ton of people yeah um, which is awesome I really really enjoy getting to know new people yeah do you I know you've explained this to me a little bit but um, do you, do you keep those clients when you get them? Like, are they like people that you stay with like long-term, like throughout no, the duration? No, so that's, no, that's, okay. that's the thing that's like different. So I've been at the same agency since grad school. Um, yeah. I started there cause I got an internship that I was like not excited about. Yeah. And now, <laughs> and now you're now like, I've been there five years. <laughs> now you love your job and it's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> um, shoot. Uh, long-term keeping yes clients. so thank you we do not um, kind of the nature of the team that I have is that like it's all short-term in anticipation of people transitioning to those longer-term okay. teams gotcha. um, do you like that you I feel... there's pros and cons like right. um, I have um, I've always really enjoyed the idea of, of I, th- I think relationships are really really powerful and so the yeah. idea of knowing someone over a period of like years um, and seeing change with people and there's going, value there for sure right staying constant for people um, I really really enjoy that that experience mm-hmm. um, and the same breath it's it's really nice sometimes to like yeah pass on a really difficult client sure. or like <laughs> sure well and um, I'm sure different perspectives too yeah. of like <laughs> you know, it's like with anything, you get used to the thing, like, I'm sure you're getting used to things in your house that, Mm -hmm. you know, somebody might come in and notice that you didn't notice, or you get used to, like my, our house that we no longer live in, (laughs) um, it had like the scores, the, the score, the floors (laughs) were literally our, um, inspector wrote excessively squeaky on his inspection. Yeah. Okay. And they are. They're, like, super squeaky, but, like, Dana and I don't even yeah. notice it. Yeah. It's just, like, part of our life, yeah. you know? Like, you don't even think about it. But everybody comes in, like, oh, your floors are really squeaky. And uh, so it's just funny. It's, like, those types of things. But, you know, I, I'm sure there's pros and cons for sure. I feel yeah. like relationship, especially in, like, social work and in, like, the mental health field, there's there's value in, like, those relationships and building yeah. those relationships and keeping that's, those and having trust. And That's my... I would say my very favorite part mm-hmm. of my work is like is is being with people over time. Um, yeah. What's the longest like period of time that you get to spend with like a client like in a, on I'm, my on my linkage team my <laughs> my goal is to get people transferred within six months. Okay. That there's like a ton of moving parts with yeah. that like all the way up to like and that's how... different services or like for them. Is it like? It just you're handing them off to a specific person, like is that... yeah. So we'll assess like level of care, and then we'll okay. we'll hand them off to like that level of care. We kind of have like 
maybe like four levels in my agency. Um, And so you do the assessing. Intake does the assessing. Intake does the assessing. We do the like hanging in the case management until there's a spot on our permanent teams. Okay. Um, So, but I enjoy the brief stuff too because people often come in and are like, dude, I just need help. I don't, Mm -hmm. I don't have anything that I need. And we're able to kind of like help triage and like get some of those upfront immediate needs kind of like out of the way. And that's pretty cool. Like that, um, I think helps clients or people develop trust and and feel, feel hopeful for like what kind of services will continue with the agency. Like if we can be really helpful upfront, I feel like it kind of sets the stage for a good, helpful relationship, like over time. Yeah. Um, Yeah. What's, what would you say, if you can think of anything, what would be like the most challenging part of your job? Oh, um, office politics, mm, just like not my the, thing. Yeah. I'm a, um, people often say that like middle management is some of the hardest work. Yeah. Um, and I would agree with that. Like yeah. I, I, you know, get a fair amount of instruction or direction from above me and definitely have my own thoughts about how things should go yeah. myself. Um, and I'm not very good or very patient at having to like mm. do red tapes type stuff. Yeah. Um, one of the cool things about having been somewhere four or five years and unfortunately like in my field, having been somewhere five years is like forever. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, is that I, I, I know everyone like I, I, our CEO, um, I've known her as long as I've been there. She used to be our vice president, like our chief clinical officer is someone Mm -hmm. that I've known as long as I've been there. So it's like, I feel like I've, um, intentionally developed good relationships with people. Um, but yeah, all the, all the, some of that organizational and, and like we tend to stick pretty strictly to like this hierarchical system of like managers and stuff. And I often think that's pretty, um, yes, like frequently not helpful. So yeah, yeah, I would say it's actually behind the scenes stuff. That's hardest for me. Like working Mm. with individuals and with clients is my very favorite part of what I do. And even on really hard days, like I enjoy it. Yeah. It's, um, it's shit that gets in the way of me doing what I, what I think we need to do. Yeah. Um, that really frustrates me. Would you give us a, like, like a brief, like, picture of what your day-to-day looks like? Of, like, a, <laughs> I, you don't have to give, like, a, I know there's, like, certain... It's a complicated question or yeah. answer. And I know there's, like, only so much you can say. Like, you don't have to give specific examples of, like, people, but... Oh, no, people, I've got but... infinite examples. Okay, That's perfect. not a problem. I yeah, laugh it's... because no day is ever the same. Yeah, I'm Ever, sure. ever. Um, and honestly, that's what I, I just love about my job. I'm yeah. never bored. I tend to be someone who's kind of restless and I enjoy change. Yeah. Um, and so I, I really enjoy, um, I mean, what it comes down to is like people are messy and yep. things come up and, mm-hmm. and I'm enjoy being flexible and just kind of like changing things when needed. Yeah. Um, I know you had mentioned that, you know, sometimes this or like your job can be like, it's sometimes people need your help and it's mm-hmm. like very important that, you give them the services or give them the help that they need sometimes in, uh, what's the direction I'm trying to put it softly, well, let me, nicely, but go on. No, I was going to answer like, what does a typical day look yeah, like? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I, um, me and my five staff, um, 
carry a caseload of like it's getting up toward 130 people which is like hands down three times as much as like what other teams at our Mm -hmm. agency do do um average out like just over like 25 people a person yeah and i i say i have five staff but i really have like four and a half because one of them covers a different in a different department half the day so i only get him from two to four thirty um so i really have four staff um and (laughs) it's a lot of people like i 100 percent of the time feel like i'm forgetting something Mm -hmm. i like i have to constantly tell people to remind me stuff like if i don't write things down they're completely Mm -hmm. gone yeah um i ask my staff constantly like remind me who this person is yeah um my i would prefer to meet all of the people on my caseload but that's not feasible so i tend to like meet the people who have higher needs or like you know who i i might end up needing to like know more about later Mm -hmm. on that's a lot of trust um, you put in your staff, though, too. It's a huge to amount know. of trust. Like, you have to trust them that they're doing the best that they can, and they're doing yeah. their job with their full capacity yeah. as well. Yeah. Yeah, but I, I, I love that my staff are given that opportunity. Absolutely. Um, many other levels of care at my agency, um, people are micromanaged more, and I yeah. I hate that. I hate yep. doing it. I hate getting micromanaged. Mm-hmm. Um, I... Um, would prefer to only address issues like when they arise and otherwise just trust my staff. Yeah. Um, Because honestly, if I can't trust my staff, they can't do their jobs. So like, I'm just going to trust them until there's a reason not to, you know? Um, But so for a typical day, I get into the office at like 7.15 or so. We don't open till 8. And then I would say... My my schedule looks like a mix of like maybe a couple of meetings and then a couple of appointments with clients and some time to do some paperwork. Um, anyone who works in healthcare knows that like we chart longer than we actually like spend, spend time with, with people. <laughs> so um, there's a lot of paperwork and then just having so many people on my caseload means that like you know I could spend in a couple hours every day just kind of coordinating care with people like talking sure. with family members or, or following up um, with things. Um, I get like probably a hundred emails and, and maybe like 10 voicemails a day. So it's like, honestly, just like keeping up on everything. is like, like a big part of my job. <laughs> Me too, honestly. But like, yeah. I learned to just kind of like sit with it and it'll yeah. happen when it happens. Right. And like, I, I tend to find that like, even when I make mistakes, which I do regularly, like as long as I have a positive attitude yeah. and, and I'm apologetic and prepared to do whatever I need to do to make it right. Like, um, typically I'm met with grace. <laughs> yeah. I, um, my like motto these days with this move and like with my life in the last like few months has been just trust the process. Yeah. You know? yeah. It's like, that's like, that's like a classic social work phrase. Yeah. yeah. It's like, I, I know what I, I think there's nothing I can do everything that's in my control. I'm yeah. doing that. Yeah. So like, I just have to trust the process, but that's hard when like your whole life is in yeah. a truck somewhere. Yeah. Somewhere. Who <laughs> Between knows here and Florida. Yeah. And the rest of everything in my car. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Was, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so how do people get in contact with your services? Like, do they come? You said you had an office. Do yeah. they come to the office? Do they call? Is it like you get people that get referred from other services? Or how does that There's work? There's a, a huge, like, there's a ton of ways people get connected with us. Mm-hmm. Um it could be, um, yeah, we have walk-in intake hours, which is like dope and really important to our agency's mm-hmm. mission is that we're always accessible for people. If, even if it's just to say, 
we can't help you with that right now, like, but let us help you find some resources. Yeah. Um, that's a really important part of our agency's like mission and being in the city is that like we're available to anyone who qualifies. Um, otherwise, yeah, we get a lot of referrals from like hospitals, referrals from, um, DHS or Department of Human Services. That's where people Mm -hmm. get like Medicaid in Illinois. Um, friends and family, other clients would refer friends. Um, people walk by and are curious like it Mm -hmm. it's pretty random that's cool Uh, but something that feels really important to us is that we're um we have space to at least like have a conversation with kind of anyone who wants to have a conversation i think that's cool yeah that is cool now what does that what does your um i guess how do you what's your outreach to people like what's your not marketing because it's people, but like you're obviously putting yourself out there. You're wanting to have people that need help come through your program. So what does that look like for your company or for your group? Is it, does it exist or is it just like, I feel like it does exist. Um, in the same breath, um, generally in the U S there are more people needing support and seeking support than, than what's available. Mm -hmm. Um, so we, um, in, I, I came over to our intake department in March of last year. So I've been with kind of on that side of things for about a year and a yeah. half. Um, and at least for that long, and, and it sounds like much longer than that, um, before I came over, um, there's pretty much always more people needing help than, than yeah. we have space for. Okay. Um, so we, I don't, we don't do a ton of like outreach or marketing. Like we do, um, so we call it open access or like our open intake hours. We have, um, we do it five days a week at our main location, and then we have three or four off-sites where we do it. So we do do some, like, outreach into the community on the intake side of things. Yeah. Um, and I know that's something they've talked about a lot is, like, how can we continue to, like, get new clients? But honestly, that's not an issue we're having. It's not like we have, like, a shortage of stuff to do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I just guess I know, you know, we've talked, I've been interested in, like, just sitting down with someone, uh, maybe like a therapist or talking mm. with someone myself, but I feel like do it. I've been seeing someone for two and a half years, and it's absolutely the best. Thing right, I've done but I guess my point is, is like I, I don't know where to start in some yeah. ways, you know. And so that's Can I why give I give my own commercial spiel, yeah. spiel for like how anyone out there could start that's seeing why a I'm therapist. Asking. Yes, please. Yes. Okay. Please do that. Okay. And that's I... information for me. I, like... <laughs> I am the hugest like proponent of every person going to therapy at some point in their lives. Even if you don't have like a specific thing you want to work out, I Mm -hmm. think it's really, really powerful um, for everyone at some point to have a relationship in your life where you get to be completely selfish and that one hour a week or whatever is is just about about you. you. Um, So I always tell people that I think the best resource is to go to a website. It's just Psychology Today um, has a really good website and a good... um, What's so cool about it is that they have a really cool search feature. Like you can say... Um, where you are, what kind of health insurance you have, um, preferences about a provider, like if you prefer a certain gender, um, if you prefer a certain specialty or whatever, and mm-hmm. then it just gives you a list of people you can call. Okay. Um, one of the things I, I, and they give I, you like regions or like, like you'll put in a zip state. code. Okay. Yeah. And yeah. Perfect. So yeah. It's This amazing. is exactly <laughs> like what I'm talking about. Like everybody refers. So I've asked multiple people about mm-hmm. this, you know, so chances Technically Chance my referred you to... He's technically my service animal, so <laughs> oh, he's like cool. my service dog for emotional support animal. Yeah. Um, and so, like, I talked to 
you know, a, a therapist on the phone about mm-hmm. things that I've, you know, been going through. And yeah. she kind of, and I asked the question, like, do you know people in Florida? Like, she, yeah. she's a therapist in Florida. Like, right. how do I, like, I'm moving down there. Yeah. I would like to seek service. Like, and she's like, well, I'll just go through your, like, your health insurance. Yeah. That's, I, dude, that's many people's, like, first response. And we all know that that's shitty and annoying and would yeah. take, like, six hours and none of us will actually do it. Right. Um, so true, that is a way anyone ever can yeah. seek any kind of provider. Like, even if you wanted to see, like, a dermatologist, you call your health insurance company and you right. see who's in that work and you figure it out. Right. Um, this is easier and better and I would say, like, a more maybe, like, millennial way to seek it. Like, you sure. see a picture of the person. You read a little yeah. profile. You, like... You know, I like, like that. Like, yeah. that's the reason that I haven't done it sooner is because Well, you I'm don't want someone want... over the phone to give you a list of people you're going to go, like, share your soul with. Right. I like, want somebody that I... You want to see a picture and be like, oh, yeah, yeah, he looks dope. Like, yeah. Sure. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, okay, that's so really that's awesome. So that's my plug for, like, I, I really do think that everyone should try it at some point. Yeah. And it's it's wildly beneficial and, yeah. and I know a lot of people like, in... self-love, I think, right? To take yeah. care of yourself and your brain. I know a lot of people in my life that do or are or have... And I don't have any, like, I don't have any problem saying that, like, it's not about my own pro. you know, like, mm-hmm. when you need help, you need help. When yeah. you need to talk to somebody, you need to talk to somebody. Yeah. And I think that's important, you know. Um, it's good to so. hear you say that. I think a lot of people still have... There's a um, stigma. Internalized stigma, too, yeah. right? Where, like, you inside yourself are saying, like, well, I'm not, I'm, I'm not crazy, Right? right, like I don't need someone because I'm not crazy. Yeah, um, and I like I hope that it, I I see this happening, but I hope that as a society we continue to mm-hmm. um, kind of explore this idea of like self care, self love. Yeah, um, how to be whole, right? Like how to be a whole person. Yeah, um, I felt and and I'm an open book too. So like last fall was one of the hardest times for me, and I don't know what spurred that. I don't know where that came about, but. Um, this is the lowest part of part of my life. I've never really like experienced a like low point like that, and uh, <laughs> I'm a crier, and so it's happened a couple times in the podcast. But here it is again. I'm um, a professional. I'm yeah, <laughs> Ther- therapy me. No, uh, <laughs> no, we were joking about that when we were texting the other day too. I was like, well, gonna gonna have to spend all the money on you, but. Yeah. No. <laughs> Um, no, like it was just a really low point and, um, yeah, it's also normal. Yeah. And I, I've, I'm in a great place now and, but I also fear that I'm just like at a high point, you Mm -hmm. know? And then I know that moving is, I I've moved many times in my life and I know it's going to be hard and there's going to be lonely times, even though there with my wife and my dog, but it's hard. Moving's hard. Mm-hmm. And finding people to, you know, my best friend, Sam, he's in Minneapolis. Hi, and Yeah. Hey, Sammy. <laughs> and uh, it's hard to say goodbye to him. Mm-hmm. He's just somebody I can talk about openly with anything, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, so, but yeah, those things, um, Matt passing, you know, the I've had... Matt and then Alex there's been two suicides in my life in the last Mm -hmm. two years and it's been obviously it's a terrible thing but like when you look on the bright side of things it's like those have shaken me up enough to go 
A, you need to get help. You, like, you need to, like, take care of yourself, yeah. you know? Like, neither one, especially Alex, like, that nobody knew. Nobody thought there was anything. Like, nobody knew anything. Yeah. Um, and, you know, you, it's never, like, something you expect or something you right. think you're going to hear or go through. But, so it's put in perspective that, like, hey, self-care is okay. And, like, you yeah. got to take care of yourself. Yeah. And though I've never felt, like, that and got to that point I think that obviously I never thought that those people necessarily would do that either so like that's like a hey take care of yourself yeah and then the other part of that is made me really um focus in and be intentional about the relationships that I want to have in my life yeah um the Bethel Boy series is you know that was like that and us coming together uh was honestly it was because of Matt it was because of that and we were all in different places in life we kind of like just scattered mm-hmm. lost connection we hadn't been we hadn't talked to each other in like 10 years and then we were back together you know and those relationships and now it's one of those things that we want to continue to do and have those be intentional and check right. in with each other and yeah. just make sure that we keep each other in yeah. each other's lives and um so there's like I love seeing all the memes on the internet about, like, um, just positive ones. Like, hey, your friend who, like, you think they're cool. Like, yeah. just check in with them. Like, yeah, I, I love same. That. Just check um, in. I also like the, um, I don't know if this is, like, I work in the mental health field and I'm, like, pretty in my field. So sometimes I, I don't know what the rest of society thinks about yeah. things. But, like, in in our field, we're talking about viewing mental health and mental illness more like a, a chronic medical condition. Yeah. Um, like diabetes. So you have to monitor throughout the course of your lifetime. Like yeah. I, I think it would be good and helpful for us to, to view something like depression as a chronic illness that you have to check in about across your lifetime. Yeah. And you know, you might go a long time and then you might have like a depressive episode and yep. it's okay. And, yeah. um, instead of, viewing it as some like some character flaw or moral failure or something like that right. like, like you something's are wrong somehow with you. It's deficient just, right um it's just the chemistry in your brain sometimes yeah. gets a little crazy what do you think do you think that obviously mental health is like uh it's a big thing i feel like mm-hmm. in today's society and in the last several years it's really been put on the map and kind of grown um, do you think it's helpful it's... for me to hear you say that? Yeah. Cause like being in the field, I have a hard time like having the perspective of like, what is like culture, like society mm-hmm. generally say, cause to yeah. me it does feel that way, but I don't know if that's true for everyone. Yeah. It's true because like I'm in it all day, every day. It almost feels like it's, this is where I'm going with this. Like I, in some ways for me, I feel like it's been almost, I don't know how to, not in a bad way, but it's like over talked about mm. and not. But it's not, obviously. Like, it, the more we talk about it, it's fine. And this is where I was going with this is, is it that we're just more informed now? That people, like, our parents and our grandparents, like, you think that they had the same rates of, like, mental health um, disorders or whatever you want to call it? Mm-hmm. Or what is the rise? Like, why is it, why is it on the rise? I feel like, I think... Are you asking me that question? Yeah, like I think suicides <laughs> I are on the rise. Like, I don't right? Know that I don't I'm know the statistics. To answer. Suicide is actually not. On the it's rise. not mm-hmm. okay. So maybe it's just in the 
See, these are the things. Like, these are the things I I just don't... Like, I feel like they're in your face and people talk about it and, like, people throw statistics around. Yeah. But you can throw a statistic around about anything. Right. You can... I mean, you can create a statistic to look any way you want. Yeah, and... So, I mean, I I would imagine, Shane, that part of that is your own experience. Um, I'm sorry that you've lost two people recently. Sure. Um, Statistically, that's not true, which is a good thing. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, That's good. And I, I think to answer your question about like just m- maybe diagnosing mental health issues or whatever, like I, I don't know that I'm. <laughs> that's a much bigger question than sure. I can answer. But in my experience, um, or from what I know, um, you know the the DSM five came out when I was in grad school. So our what new, yeah, uh, the diagnostic. What's the S? Diagnostic and something manual for mental health. Okay. It's our it's our it's our diagnosis okay. or diagnostic book. Yeah. Um, like the ICD or the international shit. <laughs> no, it's okay. Um, but yeah. Anyways, too. it's what we use to diagnose people, right? Like a new edition of it came out. It must have been. I was in school, so it must have been like 2014. Um, and um, every time they come out with a new edition of that manual. Um, certain diagnoses and, and criteria and stuff like they edit it and it update it and change it every time. Sure. Um, and so I, I think diagnoses are getting broader. So for example, um, we used to have Asperger's. Yep. Right. Yep. That's not a, that diagnosis no, it's itself is not a the thing autism anymore. Spectrum. Right. So now, do you like now that you or guy, no? Hang on. Okay. Let me, let me get Sorry. to it. <laughs> Keep going. Um, <laughs> Um, so instead of now, instead of having Asperger's and then autism disorder, we just mm. have autism spectrum disorder and then you have qualifiers. So you could yeah. diagnose someone with like mild autism spectrum disorder with social anxiety or something like yeah. that. And the idea is that instead of putting someone into a very specific box, now we're looking at mental health in terms of like a continuum mm-hmm. with specifiers. So you could have something like major depressive disorder with psychosis. So like sure. if when you're really, really depressed, yeah. you start to hear weird shit. Yeah. But you don't when you're not depressed. Right. Like we're able to describe things a little bit better, uh, yeah. I would say now. Um, people certainly have lots of thoughts about like those diagnoses like changing and stuff. But yeah. I think I think it's easier to I think it's easier to diagnose. And so I, I wonder to answer your bigger question about like are people just sicker now or not? Like yeah. I think we're getting better at diagnosing mm-hmm. and psychiatry is a relatively right. young science right compared to like yeah. math like psychiatry has only been around like a little over 100 years mm-hmm. um so i don't know that that i think that's a confusing question that has like a lot of confounding variables right right like, are and we, it does are and we I... just seeking services better are we actually sicker are i think we just um, know more and like you kind of yeah. just said like we you know how to diagnose it and yeah. you know but and i guess I guess that's the, the part that I like. Don't I don't know. I it I feel like it's being diagnosed more now, and I guess that's my point. Um, and why is that? Is there certainly as opposed in... to like thirty or fifty years ago, like people are more willing to seek help. Yeah. Um, like my mom, like when you know, like mm-hmm. when she was a young adult, and even now, I think has different biases about seeking support than I yeah. do. Um. Yeah, I think different generations of people certainly yep. feel very differently about it. And I think our generation is much more open yeah. than past ones have been. Yep. Yeah, I just, I know there's there's obviously a lot of like social variables that kind of go into some of those. I mean, 
I think there are obviously a lot of pros to social media, but there's also a lot of negatives, I feel like, as well. And not that... I feel like they bleed into maybe your field a little bit. Um, Maybe not a lot, but... I think that the way that society runs, like, with, with social media and the way that we communicate, the way that... Our, at least our generation was pro- probably at the very like forefront of that in some ways. Um, and the younger generations now are kind of picking that up and trying to navigate through it, you know, with the different social media outlets that are out there and the way we handle uh, bullying, mm-hmm. you know, cyberbullying. Now that that never used to be a thing. Mm-hmm. It's a new thing. But um, it just, the way we interact, it obviously plays a part uh, it affects our mental health in some ways, mm-hmm. you know? And, um, so like, I just wonder how like those pieces play into the psychology world and like the mind. Um, I would say I'm, I'm not the best person to answer that. Sure. Um, because I work with people who are low income. I'm making chain drink a gross yeah, green it's not gross. grass like drink. <laughs> There's it's like got, dandelion greens in it. Yeah, kale, <laughs> spinach, dandelion, <laughs> celery, parsley, cilantro. What's that one? Coyote? Chiote? I don't know how to say it. It's it's they always have them in the Chino groceries down here. Coyote? Okay. Not peyote? Not peyote. <laughs> <laughs> Bok choy, green bell pepper, cucumber, Swiss chard. They basically just make juice out of everything that's green. Apple lime orange. Yeah. Except for the orange. Except orange. <laughs> orange is a little sweet. <laughs> it's great. It's really good. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Cheers. Cheers. Um, so I, I personally don't have... Um, I don't work with people who are very like tech literate. Yeah. <laughs> so to answer, oh, like I'm not. Yeah, my work is mostly with. Um, I would say the vast majority of people I see are um, middle aged and up, uh-huh. um, and um, probably have had a mental illness for a very long time. So. Um, yeah. Yeah, I also work with a fair amount of people who come out of jail or prison mm-hmm. like I was working with a guy last week who was in prison for 14 years and we were joking oh. about like when he went to prison like beepers were like yeah right. all the range <laughs> I mean he's he came like, out and he's like I don't understand this is like a, a yeah to go from like right. beepers to a, an iPhone is pretty crazy and I I guess that's my point and even the way we interact with each other you know like texting totally and, like, like calling people yeah. versus like the way See, we I know, communicate with people is right. different. This is the first time we've talked really since, or like been together since yeah. uh, college, but yeah. I see your life, you know? Like yeah. I see you post pictures or I see you bought a house. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? There's like those things where, and you feel connected to a person even though but you haven't checked in with them, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, or like Robin Williams, like check on your happy people, mm-hmm. you know? Like the mm-hmm. that quote that I was talking about him, like, they're not always the like doing well, you know. Yeah. Like just checking on people. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just I always wonder like what that, how that aspect of things kind of plays into some of the different, just social disorders or like mental yeah. health in general. Something um, that I that's like come up recently that I think is like amazing and and 
just really, really great is they're um, starting to develop like apps and platforms where like someone could speak to a mental health professional mm-hmm. via text or something yeah. like that. And I think that's um, really cool to see. Um, to me, that sounds like meeting people where they're at. Like, yeah. you know, I think of some of my, my younger family members who have grown up with smartphones mm-hmm. since like early ages. And I, I do think there is like a social... Um, Like, I think that some young people who have been raised with smartphones for a very long time potentially have, like, some social deficits or, like, mm-hmm. a hard time kind of yeah. communicating directly um, yeah. in a more traditional way. So, like, if we can offer people services in a, in a format that they're comfortable with, I think that's cool. Yeah. And we should do it. Absolutely. What would you say, obviously, with the field that you're in, social work and psychology, what is, like it clearly shows that you have a very empathetic heart and you're very like caring. Mm-hmm. You want to make a difference and do good, mm-hmm. which is a theme of the crazy face, Uno podcast and just yeah. crazy face, Uno in general. Um, where did that come from? Mm-hmm. Do you remember a time like in your life where you wanted to help people or I don't, yeah, no, it's always kind of been there. I don't, yeah. there was never like a moment where, I decided that that was what I was going to do with my life. Yeah. And um, like I kind of mentioned before, I feel like um, I never, I've never still don't have a clear vision for where, like where things are headed. Yeah. Like I, fell I into it. kind of fell into it and I feel like, you know, like um, I've always been caring and empathic mm-hmm. um, and I, it feels really important to me to, um, spend my time and my life and my energy and my my brain on something that matters and and makes an impact right absolutely um that's something i get to check myself about i get really judgy about people who like are just here to make money or you know like fuck fuck capitalism like yeah it's just bad yeah um and destructive and harmful to people and um yeah it just it it was natural logical yeah. I, I mean it's the common theme a lot of people you know I asked Sam the same thing and he was like yeah like I remember my mom telling me like you probably listen to you listen to his podcast mm-hmm. and you're talking about like his mom mm-hmm. yeah like I would pick out certain books at the library or my mom has told me stories and my mom's told me the same thing like I remember you know I grew up as a pastor's kid and mm-hmm. so we had these missionary couple that would come into our house and stayed with us and like tell us about it and I remember at one point in time I told my mom like I'm gonna go to Africa someday you know yeah and though I've never still haven't been to Africa (laughs) uh you know I work for Invisible Children who did a lot of work in you know Uganda and uh, Central Africa so it's just interesting like I there's obviously something within some of us especially you know that like that that's just a thing right thank you um, what else are, what else is important to you? Where are there like things that like issues or things that are important to you? Feminism. Yeah. Yeah. Tell me about that. Yeah. It's been, it's, it's been interesting to, um, to, I would say discover feminism. Mm-hmm. Um, my, it was, it was I would say it was like I was born into it. My um, my mom's family has always been um, 
we've been really close. They're very, very important to me. Yeah. Um, everybody on her side of the family had kids really young, so we had my great-grandparents mm-hmm. around until I was in college. Um, and my grandpa, we call him Poppy, mm-hmm. um, raised three girls. Yeah. And um, my mom and her two sisters, I think, are just like they're all just like badass like they're just bad bitches and they go do good important stuff um and it you know when I was growing up obviously I grew up in the church and 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 at this point I'm thankful that I I kind of had some of that influence um, because I can trace it back a really long time that like um I think um my, my grandpa is kind of like a guy's guy, and mm-hmm. I think he would have loved to have a bunch of sons, right? Yeah. But, like, he ended up with these, like, three women, yeah. and I think it's pretty dope that he just was like, all right, well, we're still going to do all the stuff. And, yeah. like, um, to my, my one of my aunts is a, an emergency room nurse. The mm-hmm. other is an elementary school teacher, and then my mom just got her nursing degree a couple of years ago. And yeah. um, so they all do very meaningful That's awesome. person, you know, people yeah. work. Um, yeah. Yeah, I know Dana and I have talked about this a lot. Um, my wife, we've, we've talked about, you know, she's a woman in a management role and like Mm -hmm. the importance of, for her even taking this position of, it's like negotiating her value, Mm -hmm. negotiating her worth. Mm -hmm. Um, and though like it's important for her to stand up for herself, Mm -hmm. you know? And well, at the core of feminism is just the idea of equality, right? Like yeah. it's not, it's to no one's detriment. It's right. just like the idea it's of it is just that everyone. we all yeah. have equal opportunity to do the same things. Yeah. Um, not necessarily even men versus women. Right. You know, it's, it's, you know, intersectional feminism is dope yeah. and talks about how other factors can make it even harder for someone to like, to get to mm-hmm. an equal position. But, um, I guess in some ways that's kind of become a, like a driving force or I wouldn't necessarily say like maybe like part of my mission statement is like in life like the idea that I I would like all people to have equal opportunity for things empowerment Um, yeah and it's been it's been really cool to like kind of be having those thoughts as like I'm a single person um I'm a woman with a professional degree and a and a pretty dope Mm -hmm. um career and you know like now I own my own house and yeah um yeah yeah, that feels really important to me. It is important, and it's awesome. I remember You're killing having, it. <laughs> thanks. Yeah. I remember having a really cool conversation with a friend of mine who, um, they have two kids. One is um, like four and a half, and when they found out that Frank, when they were pregnant with Frank, found out that he was going to be a boy, um, the dad, Tony, said to me, like, oh, man, I'm kind of bummed. I really wanted to, like, raise a feminist girl. And, like, we yeah. ended up having a really cool conversation because I was like, you know, like, you can raise a cool, dope feminist boy. Yeah. Like, that respects and you should. And yeah. <laughs> like, believes yeah. in empower, like, yeah. equality. And, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, I've always talked about it with Dana, too. Um, it's kind of the same way of, like, if we have a girl, it's like, I'm going to introduce her to wrestling just as much as I'm going to totally, introduce like, the guy to wrestling. Right. Like, like the point is just like, she's going to be a badass right along with the, like, yeah, yeah. Like whoever, like yeah. I don't care who yeah. it is. It's like, I want I to think, take her fishing. I want right. to take, you know, like, or if I have a girl, you know, like I want to, I like, I don't think there's anything wrong with those things. I'm no, like, I think it's dope. I, it's I grew up with three older brothers. Yeah. Um, and, um, my fam was really good about, really in a lot of ways not treating us super differently yeah. like um my one perk is that I always had my own bedroom growing up like, 
You didn't have to share. I didn't have to share, and the boys often, all three of them yeah. in the bedroom, and I had my own. <laughs> yeah. Suckers. <laughs> no, I know. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, that's yeah, awesome. Feminism. Yeah. That's cool. Why don't we kind of wrap things up? Okay. But I would love to hear maybe one of your most memorable or favorite stories from college, if you have one. With you? With us. So, like, to preface this, Margie, Becky, Sam, and I, we all were, like, best, best friends. <laughs> yeah. Ah, just every like... memory of the four of us is my favorite. <laughs> we used to do, like, lip syncing videos. Oh, my like... God, music videos were yeah. so good. <laughs> <laughs> they were terrible. We should make one. We should make one. Yeah. I was thinking that, too. Yeah. Send it to Becky and Sam. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Done. It's on the podcast, so it has to happen now. Yep. Okay. <laughs> absolutely. Um, we've talked about it multiple times already since I've been here about the bubble tea tapioca wars we'd have. Oh my so god! We'd get, bat- we'd get bubble tea. It's funny because I forgot that you didn't like it till you told me. That I hate it. No, I hate it. She doesn't like the tapioca pearls, but she would it's get like them. It's like fish eyes, slimy fish, <laughs> gross stuff in your mouth. They're so gross. But she'd get them just to spit them at each other. <laughs> <laughs> Which I think is hilarious. I was willing. Yeah, we used to we'd get bubble tea and oh we'd get god, the tapioca pearls. Oh my god, they used to get stuck pearls. in my hair so bad, <laughs> so like... so bad. I'm crazy curly hair. Uh, I know you mentioned when we were texting back and forth. One of your favorite memories was coming to Chicago and like yeah. going to that show. Yeah. I don't even remember what show it was. It was like I guarantee you, it was. Um, me and Becky have friends in a band called Five Foot Fifty Six, and they're a, like a Christian right. Celtic punk band. So yeah. they always had like really fun like punk shows and stuff. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, we probably were going to Reggie's. I'm almost positive we were I think going that to Reggie's. Was it. <laughs> yeah. A little tiny place. You walk in. Uh-huh. Like a no, stage. I weirdly was there like a month ago. Yeah. For the first time since college, and yeah. it was like different than I remembered. Yeah. But I'll post that picture of like right after I. Gave you a little throat chop. Oh my god! And you're like holding your neck, and I'm like looking away, and say we're like all like saying the best way to disable someone is to karate chop their atoms. <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> Equality. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, but what, what was your original question? Favorite memory, memory. or a few? You don't have to just stick. With um. One. I think my favorite nights were. Um, it must have been another beginning or ending of a, of a school year, but going down to the Riverwalk yeah. by the river in South Bend and just kind of like hanging and like yeah, um, getting into Bethel level yeah. trouble. Right. We used to go down smoke. there. Yeah, we used to smoke Swisher Sweets. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> or like sometimes we'd go grab like fancy cigars yeah. and like Joel and I, Joel Hartzell and I would go down there. And- We'd grab like Tim and some of those. Like it was funny. There's no way people didn't know. Like I, we came back smelling like cigars. Like <laughs> I wonder if we were all just so naive that like some people didn't know what it was, and those who did Maybe. were like, "Okay, it's a cigar." Like fine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's very possible. I remember we'd always, I'd always come back and like get a shower. So like I didn't smell like. I remember anymore. one night we went over to Hannah Kramer's parents' house in wintertime and. Um, went in their hot tub in the middle of winter and maybe drank some was i there alcohol. i don't think i was there i don't know don't it was like was that there. whole crew i don't know if you were there or not maybe i don't remember i remember we we went over there a couple times i think but i don't remember i don't remember that cool well anything else you want to leave us with 
You've got some good little things. What was it? Psych Today? Psychology Today. Psychology Today. Yeah. So go check that out if you're listening. Um, even if you don't feel like you need to talk to somebody, check it out anyway. Go see what it's about. Know your resources and, and tell I other guarantee, people about it. Yeah, I guarantee you know somebody that's um, dealing with some mental health uh, issues. So um, be informed. Know what's going on and help them out. Help people out. Don't forget check on your check on your people. Check on people and make sure they're doing okay. Um, be intentional about that. Those people are important to you, and don't forget that they're important to you. I get teary-eyed. I get all <laughs> choked up every time. Um, yeah, I will end this right there. Thank you again, Margie. Thank you. I appreciate it. Don't forget, guys. Do good. Make a difference. And uh, we'll talk to you again hopefully soon. I believe it may be me doing a little solo podcast with you guys next. Uh, but we'll have Tony, uh, Tony Wiltsy back on the podcast very soon. All right. Love you guys. Peace.